listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. Uh, we're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars. We look at the lesser knowns and the guys that are going to make a point of difference in your Keeper League teams. As per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Good, Hef. We are back, baby. Yeah, it's uh, round two, done and dusted. Uh, it was really good to have some footy back. Um, it seemed a bit more exciting than round one. I don't know if that was our attitude towards watching football, whether it was the fake crowd noise adding a bit more atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the go was, but it felt almost like, you know, 90%, you know, 85, 90% back to what it was. I was a big fan of the fake crowd noise. Yeah. I thought it was great. Now, I've been watching a bit of Bundesliga because uh, it was one of the first leagues that went mm-hmm. back and it was live sport, plus the NRL. I thought it was a good idea and someone told me the AFL weren't going to do it and I was really disappointed, but when I found out that they were and actually heard it, um, mm. it was a little bit generic. Like, it didn't kind of ebb and flow with the yeah. game as much as it could have. But like, to be honest, uh, up until like Sunday, I never really sat down and really watched a full game of footy intently. And, you know, like just even having it on the background while you're, you know, chatting to a mate or, or doing some work, like you couldn't really tell the difference, like unless a goal got kicked and then obviously there was no big cheer for that team but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know throughout the play it was um, pretty good not enough booze in it for mine more booing needed from the crowd well you That's, were at the uh, you authentic. were at the showdown so if there was ever going to be booing it would have been from those 450 crow supporters uh, yeah fair few from the uh, from the port supporters too don't get me wrong um, it was eerie being there because you could like literally hear everything that was said at mm. the ground um, the TV coverage combined it with the fake crowd noise so it yep. wasn't that loud at the game um, but yeah it was quite interesting quite funny some some pretty lame comments from the crowd as well that you uh, don't usually notice that you kind of go, you know just make you shake your head a bit but mm-hmm. uh, anyway it was very different very eerie but I felt like I was part of history so as a spectacle take away the history point of view and all that you know when yep. you go to the footy what was it like was it like going to a you know poor SNFL game a country footy game what do you kind of compare it to like, it I was, know it's massive it's hard because it's a massive stadium yeah. is there any excitement in the crowd at all oh there was heaps of excitement because everyone there was so keen to be mm-hmm. back at the footy but it's, yep. it was unlike anything I've ever been to before ever mm. like it was just for such a big occasion with only 2,000 people such a gigantic well it seemed gigantic stadium mm-hmm. with only 2,000 people in it. it was just really weird like that's the only the, way I could describe it do you think the players kind of heard anything yeah I definitely Tex Walker definitely would have heard a few things yeah <laughs> from, the, from your <laughs> from particular the, end from the Port Adelaide supporters that's yeah. for sure um, but yeah no, I reckon they would have um, yeah it was very different big question I had I only thought about it this morning uh, on the way to work was I wonder if the Crows and Power are bit annoyed that they jumped the gun and wanted showdown in round two so badly considering that you know potentially in a month we could have you know 10 15 20 000 at adelaide oval i'm not sure how much of a choice they had with all the hubs and stuff like that happening but yeah it potentially could have had a big lot bigger crowd later on in the year but mm. I, you know he's done and dusted now and yeah it was good i'm glad i went and um, you know bad luck to other people didn't go but um yeah it was a good it was a good occasion so well, yeah well i didn't go and hardly watched it and that's probably the most enjoyable thing this whole weekend <laughs> not having to sit through that crows uh, effort but uh, we'll get to that later and you can gloat for probably 10 or 15 minutes i'm Sure. All right, we'll get stuck in the round rewind in a second, but uh, first we'll thank uh, Remedy Kombucha. Um, we better crack our remedies. I haven't opened mine yet. Usually yeah, get mine You go first. Show. You go first. There we go. And crack. <laughs> oh, that was a nice little sound of mine. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, we've got Tapache tonight, the yep. uh, love-cultured Mexican pineapple drink. So, cheers to a good weekend and our two teams being atop of the ladder. And that's right. <clears throat> Oh, kombucha. kombucha. <laughs> He's got the kombucha buzz. Oh, it's definitely uh, good stuff. Um, nah, it is good. I just went down the wrong way. I swear. That's just the antibiotics or whatever, isn't it? The culture yeah, got working it. through him. That's it. Uh, nah, I swear. I love it. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I love beer. You know the old Peter Hellier skit from Skit House? You remember that? Yeah. No, I actually do like it. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway. It just <laughs> went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> it did. It did. All right. We'll get stuck into the round rewind. 
Alright, it's time to get stuck into the round rewind, the segment where we recap all of the weekend's games and look at uh, any fantasy scorers that might be relevant to our Keeper League team. So Thursday night football case, mm-hmm. um, exciting stuff, I love Thursday night football, it's uh, good to have it back earlier in the week and it's not nice. have to wait till Friday, yes. hopefully it becomes a mainstay this season, which it could possibly uh, happen. So Sounds like uh, it will be, yeah. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, first game, let's take a look at Collingwood versus Richmond. So I had a look at this game on a Thursday night, I only really get to watch the night games these days once get my kid down and maybe I could talk my way into getting some free time for a port game but that's about it so I had a look at the Thursday night game Collingwood versus Richmond and the player that caught my eye first up was uh, Josh Dacos mm. so he had 80 points um, that coming from uh, 20 disposals um, so he had lots of the ball coming out of defence and um, but he's listed as a midfielder so I think that's pretty exciting because if he plays this role um, should get defender status but he does play like a bit of a natural midfielder as well so yeah. um, if he can Get the DPP and then uh, retain it for a couple of years. He might be a handy co- option going forward. Yeah, we were, we were kind of keen on Callum Brown uh, earlier on this year. And They're very similar like type that. players. Very similar type of players. And in the last, you know, it's kind of been two kind of strange rounds. But uh, Josh Dacos has probably looked the goods over Callum Brown in the last two games. But uh, yeah. there's a bit going forward. And, you know, you throw in Tyler Brown in there as well. So there's a few exciting young blokes coming through that Collingwood list. But, uh, yeah, Josh Dacos just hasn't put a foot wrong this year. Uh, next up, Jeremy Howe. Uh, he slid this year in a lot of drafts due to injury. So he had 79 points. Uh, I can't exactly remember what he had round one, but it was decent as well. It was mm. pretty similar in the 80s, I think. Um, so with Madsen in, he's not playing uh, like a key, a key position like he was last year. So mm. he's playing those tall defensive roles. Um, I reckon, I'm hoping that can continue because if he does, um, he'll find himself too good for the pod. Probably as of next week. Um, but the issue is if Madsen does go out, he can play tall sometimes, mm-hmm. which can hurt his fantasy scoring. So just be wary of that one. Mm, yeah, Madsen's been playing pretty well. So I don't think that he'd be going on that side at all. Yeah, it just, it depends on structure and matchups. Not, I don't think it's going to be anything to do with form, but yeah. Yeah. See how that plays out. Uh, Braden Maynard, one of my boys, uh, had 76 points, and I don't reckon he's too long until he's 2G4P as well. Um, he had a really slow first quarter, but then he had 23 disposals uh, to round off the game, taking a lot of kickouts in there as well. It was weird because he only had one tackle, but watching the game, it looked like he had at least like four in like a minute at one stage, so he mustn't have stuck him or something. Sounds like there's some coach bias eyes going on I this. I just, the tackles kind of get oh, a funny one. There's a funny one a few years ago oh, where yeah, they counted all the tackles for one player and then the ones that didn't get counted for another player and it was pretty yeah, inconsistent. I'd, it's a weird one how they count them. Yeah, but anyway, um, I reckon if he can kind of get a few more of those tackles under his belt, he'd be pushing into those 80s. Um, you know, and then post-corona, he might be getting to those uh, 90s as a defender as well. So he's starting to look pretty good. Uh, Darcy Cameron came in, uh, as a, I guess, for Mason Cox as a ruck forward. So he had 58 points, but only four hit out. So the interesting thing is he didn't have a stat inside forward 50. So really? he played up there, but didn't get a kick or a touch up there. So he got more of the ball when he was moving up the ground. They said he just needed to compete, and look, he rucked okay, but I'm not sure if he's doing the job inside 50 to warrant uh, his yeah, selection, I guess. We'll have to wait and see, because if Cox comes back, then he obviously goes out, but it depends what they're looking for. If they want a pinch hitter Ruckman, I think he's a man. Mm-hmm. If they want some presence up forward, I don't know, it's pretty close between him and Cox, I think. Uh, I suppose it really depends on, yeah, as you said, what they want, because he was pretty highly touted at Sydney as that next one off the, you know, cab off the rank, but then, yeah. you know, um, Sinclair coming in and kind of threw it in, and he had a few injuries and stuff yeah. like that, so Naismith he's probably fit. more of that second ruck as opposed to a forward where Cox is more of a forward, so yeah. another one who might kind of uh, get in and out of the side, depending on what they need. 
Uh, looking at Richmond, there's a lot of players here, but uh, look, we'll start with Trent Cochin, another one that slid due to last year's performances, I guess. He had 86 points, and again, he's probably too good for the podcast, but I added him in there because he was actually in our draft pool this mm. year, so yep. and he didn't go till a few rounds later on as well, so I think it was third round, I reckon. Someone like, and I was looking at uh, Joel Selwood today too, another one who kind of got cut um, just yeah. with the age, you know. So, the, 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 the Cochins, the Selwoods, they found a bit of a 2020 resurgence. Yeah, these guys, if you're looking for a flag, you might be able to get them pretty cheap uh, yep. for, a, for a rookie or something that people are trying to get in their sides uh, to sure. rebuild. So, have a look at these guys if you're contending for a flag because they're the types that uh, will get you over the line come uh, September, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah it is. Um, Jack Higgins, so he's back, uh, 79 mm. points. So... I could be eating my words here because we I didn't rate him for a long time. I thought he was he was done or he was just going to be a small forward. But he seemed to be getting a lot more midfield time uh, in this game. So he wasn't stuck up forward for as long a period. He was up there for, for a bit, but he actually got a little bit more midfield time. So I'm not sold yet because uh, he's, you know, first game back. He's had a good one, but watch the space. Another one that's tracking nicely. Agreed. Uh, Ivan Solder, he had 74 points. Um, really worrying sign for Nanko owners because uh, mm. hopefully, well, hopefully a lot of people handcuff those two. Surely, surely. Um, but uh, look, he had 23 hitouts, which was pretty handy, and he's looking like he's a better tap right than Nank. Um, and I think that's what Richmond need with their midfield. So I think he's going to stay on the side. So yeah, if you're if you're banking on Nank coming back and uh, being a decent fantasy scorer, I think he might be waiting a while. Uh, Shy Bolton He was the next one um, So 73 points So we spruiked him up A fair bit this preseason Didn't we We did um, and, I, and I told you last week Actually put him on your field If you're uh, as a streamer too Yes So um, yeah He had a 73 point game uh, Yeah hopefully brought him on uh, As I said He's playing mostly out forward But he does push up the ground And get kicked So he can work his way Into the game that way as well um, Look he, he won't be like this every week He'll have some down weeks But he's definitely capable So um, keep uh, checking out The streamers and stuff like that And uh, yeah We'll tell you uh, When we think he's right to play Or we'll try to anyway well, yeah, the Tigers play another Friday night game this week. Uh, Thursday, Thursday night, night game, sorry. So, they're a uh, big chance to get him in. This is streaming, streaming forward option. Yeah, nice. Um, next one is David Asprey. So, he had 72 points and he was actually playing on Cameron. So, he could be the reason why he got no touches inside forward 50. But <laughs> he got let up the ground a lot with him as well. So, this resulted of a lot of his like kicks coming and a lot of his possessions, I guess, coming from up the field too. So, that was nice to see. But is it something I'm going to bank on every week happening? Absolutely not. Don't think so. No, not as a defender like he is. Uh, Tom Lynch. Uh, look, good call on him, Kays. Three goals uh, on the night. Throw enough darts, you get yeah. one. 68 points. Uh, mm. Look, great uh, little loophole option if you uh, if you chucked it on him because that equates to about an 80 for uh, the, uh, the pre-corona scores. Perfect. Perfect. Um, look, I reckon you expect this to continue for like the last few weeks. Like you said last week, he's had in, the, in recent form in the three matchups, he's had, he had three goals against each of these teams mm-hmm. uh, last year when he played them. So he gets those three goals. Um, it pushes him up to that 68. And look, I reckon, you know, I know the scoring is going to be a bit lot you know, down because of the uh, because of the time restrictions, mm-hmm. but um, I reckon he will get back to the equivalent of his Gold Coast prime scoring. I reckon. Well, a goal is still going to be nine points. Yeah, you know? exactly. So that's you know banking twenty seven points minimum just there, which uh, is very handy. Hundred uh, percent. Jaden Short, he had sixty two points, and he was a little down this week. But um, the the positive thing, he only had fourteen disposals, but eleven of those were by foot. So that was a pretty great ratio. Six marks across that halfback line as well. So keep the faith in him. I'm going to keep pumping this out until this two G four P. But when Hooli <laughs> retires. He is going to be the man. So, just could wait. be a broken record thing. We could just record that <laughs> snippet and just say it each week. It'll save me 20, 20 seconds a week. And if that, five seconds a week uh, in actually saying it. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the Geelong Hawthorne game, another night game. So, this is my domain. Uh, Brian Myers is first up for Geelong, and he was playing mostly up forward and he kicked three goals, but he did get a few touches up the ground as well. Now, Kate, you brought this up previously. He was a yep. decent uh, junior fantasy scorer, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. So, um, look, this is a really good sign for his development. I know he's only playing, you know, up forward, but if he can score like this uh, while 
He is playing up forward. There is potential that he could move through the middle. He did that in juniors, didn't he, Case? A little yeah. bit? Yeah. So. It was just, and he basically had to change his craft to get drafted. That's what the uh, recruiters told him. He said, yeah. You're not good enough to be an AFL midfielder, but potentially might prove him wrong. But, or he uh, could, could work out being a pinch hitter as well. Though. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's just about the ability to have the have that pigginess in you and find the ball, which he obviously does. And, uh, yeah, 104 points in Corona ball is a uh, bloody good effort. For sure. The next player I've got written here is Sam Menegola. So he's back, Kays. I'm calling it. Uh, he had 84 points uh, on the weekend. I uh, thought he might be gone after round one. He didn't have a great game, and uh, yeah, I thought he might be on the outer. But playing that mid forward role, uh, mid, sorry, that mid forward role again, like he was uh, a couple of years ago when he was, you know, that 90 average forward mm-hmm. around that mark. Um, look, he really could be a cr- good cr- trade target going forward. I'm thinking because he might get that forward status back eventually as well. So if you can kind of get in on him now before he gets it, it's a bit of a risk, but uh, it could pay dividends because. You know, given his recent history, recent form, mm-hmm. um, he might be going a bit cheaper. So he has been a premium forward in the past, as we've stated. So what how, do you think about that one? How good was he? Because you know, they're going to have to get Jack Steven in there somewhere. So who's Jack mm. Steven coming in for? I don't know if Jack Steven's going to play again, mate. We'll have to wait and mate, see. Mate, he's going to play next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long he lasts. Uh, he's sturdy as. He just needs to not, you know, get knife fights. Yeah, not get stabbed. Um, we'll see how that goes. All right, Ray Stanley, the next one, uh, 83 points. So, he, um, he's he been a decent fantasy scorer in the past. So, the problem is him getting games. So, between, uh, no, I guess, 2018, 2019, he averaged 81 uh, both years. So, he just really needs to keep his spot. And if he does, um, he could be a handy scorer because he played against Segler on the weekend. And he actually had the better of Segler throughout the game. So mm. um, I don't know if that's going to be the case every week, but should be enough to hold a spot for next week. And when he plays, um, he's definitely a decent fantasy option. Definitely. It's just, I think, is John Segler the best ruckman in the AFL? That would no. be my only worry. So uh, who are Geelong taking on next week? They're taking on Carlton. So he probably gets another chance to get Mark, uh, Pitney. Mark Pitney, who's yeah. you know handy enough, but probably in that Segler mould. Um, so yeah, probably probably back him in to uh, have another score this weekend. Probably should have had him under the streamers section because you'd want him on this week, and I reckon playing against Pitney. I think so. Uh, all right, let's move on to Quinton Narkel. So he had 70, uh, 78 points. And I guess the positive sign is he's getting lots of uh, midfield minutes. So expect this to continue. Um, six tackles as well for the game as well. That really helped his co- uh, cause instead of uh, in terms of scoring as well. Yeah, really exciting player. I like watching him play. All right, we talked about him just before um, in regards to Reece Stanley, but Jonathan Segler, he had 74 points and he's definitely the number one ruck. And he, he did have 30 hit out. So he won the hit out battle, but I think you know Stanley was probably still better around the ground. ground. Yep, yep. Um, but look, he should continue similarly. Uh, going forward. He comes up against Richmond against Soldo this week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be pretty interesting to see how he goes against them. Pretty yeah. Two Ruckmans that are pretty similar stages, I think. Agreed. Um, so that'll be an interesting battle to see who comes out on top there. But uh, yeah, I think he's he's going all right fantasy-wise anyway. The issue is, I think, as well, though, like if they want... Oh, no, McAvoy looks lost in, in defence. So do they... Yeah. And is McAvoy a better Ruckman? Because it seems like... And I was listening to the Draft Doctors today, and this was Cam that was saying this, that the only reason he's really playing at the moment was... They, he was he requested a trade, mm. and they said, "Well, we'll play you next season if you don't go." Um, so he stuck around, but then he's not actually. I don't know. I don't know. McAvoy just seems to be forced out as is. Maybe McAvoy plays forward. Who knows? It's a weird, forward. weird situation with McAvoy because I think yeah. there'd be so many other clubs in the AFL who'd be more than happy to have him as their number one ruckman. So yeah, exactly. Weird, weird situation. Yeah. But probably uh, likes the club. Didn't want to leave, but uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like they're forced to play him at the moment, which is a strange situation. Uh, Sam Frost. Uh, there wasn't too many Hawthorne players to talk about, so I thought Frost was interesting. Just moving 
different clubs. Mm. Um, he has 65 points. And look, interestingly, he played with McAvoy and Frawley as like the key pillars. So he was playing a bit more loose. He was floating a little more. So he took mm. nine marks. So generally those players that play loose like that can take a few more marks. Don't saying, you know, go all in on him, but just watch him because um, if he can kind of play that third tall role, which I reckon does suit him because I don't mm-hmm. think he's great as like a monster key defender yep. um, either. So maybe just watch his space. His disposal isn't great though. So I don't know how much they want the ball in his hand. So I don't know. Nice just, watch, just watch him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you're going three in a row, Hef. Yeah, I think you're going to have a few Feeling in a row. Good? Feeling you, good? Yeah, I'm great, mate. Good. You're going to have a few in a row. I, I did actually yeah. manage to watch this one, luckily. Um, so, Brisbane uh, versus Fremantle. We'll start with Charlie Cameron. So, he had 92 points, kicking four goals. And I've got him. I had him, didn't even have him on my bench. He's on my list, but I didn't That's play him. That's a very him, so silly call. Spewing. Um, so, Brisbane don't. This is what I've noticed about him, I guess, in Brisbane mm-hmm. in general. They don't really have dominant tall forwards. Mm-hmm. So, he's a genuine avenue to goal. He's mm-hmm. not a byproduct of hitting up the key forwards um, and the crumbs. So, yep. I like that about these kind of small forwards. I think if you look at the good ones through the years, you know, like Stephen Mill and Silrioli, Eddie Betts um, at the Crows and all that sort of stuff, they still wanted to get the ball to their tool, in the hands of their tools. And it's still kind of the case in Brisbane, but he's got a little bit less competition, I think, because they genuinely use him as an avenue a bit more. So um, I think he's going to maybe take his You're game up a little to bit. Him. Yeah, maybe might take his game up a little bit more this season. He's going to have some down games as well, but I think yeah. he's a great option where he's almost past that streamer point. He's like your mid, uh, your last forward that you want to chuck on because mm-hmm. he does have the potential to just kick goals every week and get you a handy score. Yeah. Especially in Corona Ball, I think as well. Um, you know, they'll kind of just be trying to score as quickly as possible and stuff like that, and he suits that, I think, as well. Uh, the big O, Oscar McInerney, he had mm. 85 points, and uh, he was the main ruck option on Saturday um, up against Hodor, who got injured. So Very interesting. Yeah, Lob only, um, Lob only could manage uh, seven hitouts against him, and the big O had 19. So, Steph Martin did bugger all as well, played not that much game time and didn't plan to spend that much time in the ruck. So, I think it's bad news for Steph and Martin owners, unless you're a handcuffer, which you, if you're smart, you are, Surely. which is probably most of our listeners, I think. I'd hope um, so. Yeah, so hope we've educated well. Yeah, so anyway, um, Seven Martin, I think, is definitely on the way out. If he's on your uh, waiver wire list, I reckon he's definitely one to look at picking up as well. Oh, yeah. Ruck forward status too, so Huge. the DPP, very handy. Could be this year's uh, Rolly O'Brien. Could be. So I'll have to wait and see. Uh, Brandon Stasevich, uh, I'm really liking the look of this guy. He had 79 points playing off the halfback flank. So I guess uh, it's promising signs because he was picked over Witherden to yeah. play this role. Can't as believe well. he got dropped. That's amazing. Uh, just the fall <laughs> from grace, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, he had a lot of touches early and used it predominantly by foot too. So that's really nice to see. And yeah, look, if he keeps this up, Witherden's going to find it hard to get back on the side, I think. And lastly for Brisbane. Uh, Callum Archie, 69 points, uh, which is 86 non-corona points. Um, so he was running out of defence as well. Um, quality over quantity type player usually, but I think the shortened games uh, suit these types because they want to get it in the hands of the quality players a bit more. Yeah, so he was definitely out of defence. Yeah, yep, yep. So Looking good. Right. Actually, no, he kicked a goal as well, so he must have been pushing up as well now that I think about it. Um, but he started out of defence, so yeah. Um, so we'll move on to Fremantle. So okay, he's one of your boys to start off with. Yeah, uh, James Ash, uh, my boy Jimmy Ash, eighty-seven points, uh, playing on the wing, just racks up disposals on the outside. Oh, you're, you're finally right about something, which I'm is not right about two things tonight: <laughs> Tom Lynch and James Ash. <laughs> Definitely. Um, look, he should continue this season as well. I can't see him slowing down. This role's his, um, and he's playing it each week. So well, yeah. obviously, it helps with no Blake Acres on That's that true. wing. So, but uh, look, obviously, he's playing also playing well enough that he uh, surely wouldn't get kicked out with Acres coming back in either. Yeah, well, I was a bit concerned with uh, Darcy Tucker as well because I thought mm-hmm. he might play a bit more of a wing role as well. So with those three, where do they fit? But we'll talk about Tucker in a second, but mm-hmm. he's playing more inside. So I think he's safe on one wing. Akers should play on the other one and we'll see how we go from there. 
Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, okay, is my boy. Uh, 72 points, which is a Corona 90, or non-Corona 90. Um, 74% time on ground, so that's positive. So it's out of the 60s, up to 74. He only had seven centre bounce attendances, though, so a bit of a worry. Mm-hmm. But the positive was he was spending time up forward instead of resting on the bench. So Well, it's good that he's almost getting into a tonne, so it's almost worth talking about him. As a forward, I'll take the 90 every day of the week. So I'm pretty happy with that one. Okay. Um, Dusty Tug we just talked about. So he had mm-hmm. 60 points, but yeah, like I said, it was interesting to see he was playing more inside. Um, was okay, but you're competing against, if you're playing that role, you're competing against five Mundy, Walters, et cetera, for points. Yeah. So you'd probably like to see him on the outside a bit more, but I think any midfield time he's getting is pretty promising. Tucker's also that one, I think he actually attended a heap of CBAs uh, looking at the stats from the weekend, yeah. but one of the guys that they do through a bit of a tagging role too. So yeah, uh, true you know, between him and Banfield. So yeah, while he's is playing a bit more inside, can kind of get those jobs. So, you know, we've seen him score some uh, fantastic um points, I suppose, in, in la- late last year especially. But, uh, yeah, I think he's still a very, very handy kind of uh, last midfielder spot for you too. Definitely. Uh, let's move on to Carlton versus Melbourne case. Radio, I am up. So we'll start off with Carlton and Mark Pitney scored at 74. And I think he's a, a must-have in my opinion because uh, he's got great VFL pedigree, which we kind of talked about on him uh, a lot last year in the pod. He's only 51% owned. So if you are in need of a ruckman, say you've got Steph Martin or something like that, you need to chuck up some stocks. He's got to be the one to go to because Cruz is basically dead. Now, he only had 14 touches, but he did have 23 hitouts against uh, Big Max Gorn. Now, while Gorn was basically, you know, best on ground, as uh, a few people were saying, you know, I think still 23 hitouts against him is admirable. And if you look at uh, the matchups, he's got uh, Geelong and Essendon in the next two weeks. And, you know, Reece Stanley's neither here nor there as a, a great ruckman. And Tom Bell Chambers, while he did have a good game yesterday, isn't, uh, you know, the best of the best. So, one to follow in if you can with Pitney. Yeah, just nice to see like a player like him pretty much get smashed in the ruck against Max Gorn, but mm. still score nicely. You always like those players. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gibbons, he had 74 points. Uh, another admirable game from him. Uh, played a bit more in the, in the midfield this week, which was good, but he is a bit of a tough one to catch in terms of whether you play him or not or whether you start him. So, you know, if you are streaming, could be a good one to have on your bench. But I will reiterate for our new listeners especially, the half-forward flank wing kind of role at Carlton is impossible to get, because, impossible to pick in terms of who's going to have a good week because, you know, your Nunes, Cunningham, Martins, they all had down weeks this week. Martin had a good week the first week. You just don't know who's going to bob up week to week. And uh, while, you know, uh, there's probably a, a spot open up with uh, Nick Newman being injured and uh, missing the rest of the season this year, you know, potentially it's probably more of a Sam Pell, uh, Sam Petrovsky Seaton role. Uh, maybe Jack Noons could slide back there too, but uh, maybe just freeze up another one of these guys to get a bit more probably quality time in the in the midfielder on the wing. So just keep that in mind with uh, you know someone like Gibbons could just kind of see a bit of a bump in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, with Gibbons, uh, just going back. Um, yeah, it was good to see him just play a bit more midfield time as mm. well. Just you knowing his VFL kind of scoring and yeah. playing a role much similar to that. Hopefully, see that continue. Would be great. On to Melbourne. So, Harley Bennell, he had 47 points. Now, if you didn't see the game and you just kind of thought, uh, 47 points, it's not the Harley Bennell we've uh, known from, you know, 10 years ago when he was uh, fantasy relevant. He only played 50% game time. So, 47 points from 50%, 50% game time is a, a fairly, fairly good effort. Uh, 14 touches for him with three tackle, three marks and a tackle. 67% owned, so you can still get him around the mark. Yeah. But uh, centre only is the interesting kind of call for me. If he was a, a mid 
forward, I'd be a bit more keener. But, uh, you know, you're going to be pretty good to be a, a mid-only. So I kind of wanted to see another two to three weeks from him before you get really, really pumped up on him. Um, but I can't blame you for being excited either. So I didn't see this game because I was driving to Adelaide Oval while this was on. Listening to it on the radio, they sound pretty bloody exciting. Um, did he play much time up forward? Uh, kind of mixed it around a bit, yeah. So yeah, okay. a bit of mid-forward. So, so chance of DPP? Uh, potentially, yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting to see the next two or three weeks because, you know, he's played one game in, you know, however many years. But is so. it the kind of player you pick up now anticipating the position changes and stuff like that in two and three weeks? I feel if he's on a waiver wire, you can probably have a go at him. Yeah. But I don't think if you were a Harley Ben or Oni, you're going to give him up cheap. Oh, no, absolutely not. No, yeah. I'm thinking more so about waivers anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Trent Rivers, the debutant for Melbourne, 45 points from him. Uh, pretty happy he got his chance because he had some really good um, – uh, Underage numbers yep. uh, last year, 12 touches and two tackles. I think he's going to be a player, one I'd like to invest in. Uh, no expectations this year. I just think uh, he'll just uh, keep ticking along and hopefully getting a lot of games this year. A lot of fantasy classic uh, players, myself oh, yeah. included, happy that he got a game, the down sure. option from uh, Dylan Robinson. Yeah, pretty happy with that. <laughs> and uh, lastly for Melbourne, Nathan Jones had 39 points. Now, I'm very, very worried about him. He's uh, 85% owned and 72% started, which uh, kind of blows my mind. Yes, he's a back centre and you probably have to give him the benefit of the doubt um, playing his first game of the season. But for me, he's just Jordan Lewis version two. You know, like you've got Langdon in there, Tomlinson. They're taking that kind of mid uh, halfback spot, wing spot. I think he's just in there for the pure leadership. So if you're an owner, I'm a bit worried about what you do. I don't know if you're going to get much for him. Potentially, you could trade him to a... Um, you know, a flag contender. Hopefully that he kind of increases, but uh, I'm just a bit worried about his scoring pedigree going forward. Now, Kays, you don't have Christian Petrarca written under Melbourne players. Why Who? Is that? Who? Yeah, Christian Petrarca. He had 100 on the weekend, didn't he? Who? Christian, Christian Petrarca? Yeah, Petrarca. Nah, I missed that. No, nah, I didn't even see it. Was he, was oh, he out I was, was he I was out thinking there? it might be just because he's 2G4P, hashtag. Look, he's probably too good for the pod, <laughs> but my knock, my knock on Christian has been that he doesn't finish off games, and guess what? Did he finish off the game on the weekend? No. It's because he's too busy just dominating for the first three quarters and racking up a ton. Uh, well, it doesn't mean you can just knock off and have three touches in the last quarter. Okay, this I reckon is this is one on of those time. times you've just got to admit you're wrong. Petrarca is a gun. I've never said Petrarca's <laughs> not a gun. I just say he's a very frustrating player. Him and Darcy Parrish. Darcy Parrish did the reverse Darcy Parrish on the weekend. Instead of scoring well in the first three quarters and dying in the, dying in the arse the last quarter, he didn't actually touch the football in the first three quarters and went ham in the last quarter. So yeah, Put him in the midfield for once. Though. Yeah, nice. but my issue with Petrarca, as I've always said it, is just the consistency across four quarters and I still haven't seen it yet. He'll be right. Just got to get the tank up. I actually put out a, a vote um, on Twitter mm. and it was resounding. Is Christian Petrarca too good for the pod? Yes. 87% yes. He is too good for the Sweet. pod. Sweet. Well, I never have to talk about him again. Yeah, positive for you. All right. Uh, you don't have to, You can not, no longer talk about him. You don't have to say a positive thing about him ever in your life. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, he's a good player. He's a good player. I just want to see four quarters and when I see it, I'll give him a wrap. Uh, speaking of guys who I'm going to say are too good for the pod, we're going to the Gold Coast-West Coast game. Mean, Matt Premiership, premiership favourites, uh, Gold Coast. Yes, correct. Led by Matt Rao. He's, we're never talking about him again. <laughs> okay. He's too good. Okay. Hundred, I think what was the he's not, he was the quickest player to ever score a fantasy ton, I think in two games or something like yeah. that. And he's like- um, And did it in reduced time as well. So, correct. And yeah. his champion data score was the best ever or something like that for- I don't know. He's setting records. He's too good. It's like 170 or something like that. I put yeah. out a graph uh, today um, about comparing him to Sam Walsh in the first two games and uh, how they compare to the uh, 
top 10, oh, sorry, the top 20 midfielders in the competition, courtesy of our breakout tracker. Mm. And uh, look, both are miles ahead of the uh, top 20 in the competition, but uh, Rao has just shot right up to the top, he way away from Sam Walsh. I was saying all pre-season that he is going to be every bit as good as Sam Walsh, if not better. Well, so. he's in my side, so yeah, happy Ireland. Next up, Sam Day, 85 points. He had two goals and 18 touches to go with his five marks. Uh, another one of those guys who's a bit tough to catch on his day. Um, but really, he's been playing pretty well since halfway through last year since they brought him back into the side. So a tough one, you know, to really say get involved with. But uh, I think he could be handy if you're in a deep league and uh, playing loopholes throughout the throughout the week because um, he could pop up, especially if Gold Coast do continue some good form. They're going to have to find goals from somewhere. So um, Sammy Day might be one to just keep an eye on. Yeah, not one high on my radar, but uh, a bench option definitely. Yeah. And uh, while we're talking about my boys, <laughs> Jack Bowes, 76 points. So I just want to say a sincere thank you to everyone who stuck through with me. Um, I love you. And if you want to get even more excited about Jack, he's got one of the sexiest heat maps you'll see because he is playing 87% game time in defense. You might DPP, want to tweet this one out after the show, DPP goes. is a lay down Mazaire, um, 17 kicks, and he had a game high nine marks. So that is just intercept floating around, getting those cheap touches in the back line, which we absolutely love. Now, if you do want to get on board and you haven't yet, He's only 68% owned. Yeah, that's quality. Now, get on board before the uh, changes update and he gets his back status because he's going to be one of the best backmen in the league this year. You hear it, you heard it here first. I think in uh, our uh, Podcasters League, I think I've got him in that one. Took him in spite of you yes. last year. And, and I've got James Warple in spite of him. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy I did get him now if he's going to get that back status. That's he's going to be a good backman this year. Uh, just finishing off with uh, West Coast, um, just talking about Noah Anderson, Jack Lacocious. I think you really want to be buying stock in these guys quickly. Surprisingly, Anderson's only 60% owned. I would have thought that would have been higher being a number two draft pick, but there's still plenty of shares left in him. And just Jack on that, it's, it's just, sorry, just on that, it's uh, probably due to as well being ultimate footy and being redraft leagues. True. Can't factor in, but yeah. Yes, but, um, and Jack Lacocious only 65. So they had 73 points and 66 points on the weekend respectively, but uh, you got to love what Anderson's doing in just his second game. You know, if it um, wasn't the Matt Rouse show, you'd be pretty stoked with 73 from a, a second pick on Saturday. So just keep those guys in mind. And if you can kind of squirrel one of them off of, uh, squirrel them off of one of your fellow coaches, I'd get involved now because uh, they look very, very good. Yep, definitely. Uh, West Coast, West Coast, one of those teams I just hate doing reviews for because it's the same guys that keep scoring. Week after week, it's Shuey, Gaff, yeah. Kelly, boring, boring, boring. Yep. But uh, there's a couple guys who have been interesting the last couple of weeks, and uh, that one of them's Lewis Jettis. So he had 67 points. Now that's nothing crazy, but uh, he backed that up with from a 93 point game in week one. So on the weekend, he had 16 touches and three tackles. Uh, great dash off that back line. Fantasy-wise, it's actually his best numbers for many, many years, the average that he's got at the moment. And as a Batman and only 68% owned, probably isn't the worst waiver wire option uh, this year because, you know, we're seeing a lot more speed come into the game with yeah. uh, how it's played now. So they're probably going to get the ball in his hands a bit more than normal. So as a yeah. defender and a, and a quality defender, pretty well-established player, um, he might be a nice little sneaky waiver pickup. One of the listener questions came in last year, the guys that have kind of reduced their relevance, uh, sorry, increased their relevance with the uh, reduced time on ground. And he was mm. right up there. He was kind of, you know, Trending the right way, yeah. you know, less game time, but more points per minute as mm. on the ground. Um, and that, he backed it up again this weekend. So, yeah, yeah. If that 67 is around that 80 mark. So, not you know, not might not be the worst option. Hey, D4, D5, that's uh, pretty yeah. handy. 
And lastly, Oscar Allen, he had 68 points and he could kind of be a, a winner from the new game time factor too because Nick Nat is obviously the, the West Coast Eagles number one player and uh, Oscar Allen kind of comes in as that pinch hitting second ruck. So picks up a couple extra points through the hit outs. It's only seven points, but uh, to go with two goals and eight touches, I think it's just going to be a handy, you know, probably more backup at this stage, but uh, he's trending the right way. He's a good, good young player, uh, one to keep an eye on. And if you do need someone just to kind of fill that last forward spot, could be that, could be that guy. All right. Is it time to talk about my Port Adelaide boys yet? Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> Uh, every time, guys. Every just, time you leave the room, every time I talk about it. Yeah, them, well, you know. Just carry this podcast. You know, like, this is going to be just a gloat fest, isn't it? Uh, I'm pretty happy with the win you on the weekend. Have, how many, is there 22 players to talk about from Port this week? No, nah, I've only got, what, five here? That's good. Record. Well done. Yeah. Uh, first one is uh, Zach Butters. So he was playing that forward role, a uh, bit of time on the wing as well. So he had eight tackles for the game and uh, kicked the goal also. Just playing a great pressure role, um, tackling and just harassing and doing all the right things. You know, if he, you know, if this was a pre-corona score, this was about 100, you know, 130 odd. Um, so he's had a, he's had a big game basically, and I oh, didn't yeah. even think he had it in him. Um, so that's why I said that's why I'm kind of going to say that I would be surprised if you find these 100 plus scores um, on a consistent basis because mm-hmm. he does play that kind of smaller forward role. He's not a huge size. So he's never going to be a big bulky inside midfielder or anything like that. Yep. Can push up to the wing, but I think he just had a real good standout game. Um, look, great score. If he's on your waiver wire, you can think about him, but I wouldn't expect this every week. What do you think? Uh, tend to agree. Those guys are still young. They're still yeah. going to have their ups and downs. There's a fair chance that, you know, Dersma, Butters and Rosie are all going to be, you know, 900 plus scorers in the future. Yeah, Brownlow Medless too. Yeah, <laughs> they probably all share the Brownlee Middle and yeah, Premiership yeah. year and all that crap. Definitely. Yeah, um, no, he's a he's a bloody good player to watch. Um, yeah, probably not week to week at this stage, but I think you know going from next year, he's going to be one that's going to be pretty pretty handy to have. Definitely, uh, Stephen Motlop. He was mm. winding back the clock. Oh, uh, he yeah. had ninety three points, kicked two goals. Look, he's twenty nine years old now, and uh, but. Back in the day, I guess between 2014 and 2016, he did average uh, 80 plus three years in a row mm-hmm. there. So, what do you reckon, Case? Do you think there's any chance he can return to that 80 plus average forward? I think there is. I think he's kind of settled at Port now, and probably maybe even I don't know. I don't know about his fitness and all that yeah. kind of stuff. He looks better. He looks. He looks. He looks even good, Nick. You know, those Geelong years, he was actually a bloody good player and yeah. a good fantasy scorer. And if Port are playing well, you know, he's got some confidence up. He could be a forward that just kind of surprises everyone. And I've got him in the podcasters league. I got him super cheap because, you know, yeah. that, that kind of thing. But potentially a guy that you can target if you are aiming for a flag because he's on that cusp of, you know, 29 still good enough to have another couple of years of good footy left in you if you're playing well. But there's also the chance that people are probably happy to trade him on. So um, maybe one to target if you are sniffing a flag this year. I think so too. Uh, Xavier Dersmar, the X-Man, uh, 92 points, uh, just playing on the wing, mm-hmm. kicked three goals. How many uh, bow and arrows? Uh, I think he only did the one after the first How one. How many so. points are they worth? Uh, not enough because mm-hmm. uh, he only got 92. Um, look, it should have been eight. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, look, I thought he might struggle this year, but he did look good um, on the mm-hmm. on the weekend. He is a pretty, I guess, naturally skilled player um, and plays that outside role well. Again, I don't think he's going to get the, the same type of points as the inside midfielders do, mm-hmm. like the guns, yep. but he's going to be a handy outside player. Definitely um, one of your you know later, you know, your fourth or your fifth midfield spots. Um, he's perfect for that role. So if you can secure him in a trade or, um, yeah, get your hands on him, it's probably worth doing so. 
Yeah. Um, oh, he's a gun. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm going to talk about Tom Clear and Trent McKenzie uh, combined because uh, the cannon, we saved his career a few years ago, <laughs> cheering him on at Adelaide Oval. When last year. Game for the season. It was last year, was it? Yeah. We did too. Yeah, we saved his career. Mm. Uh, but yeah, look, I just remember playing. your mate yelling, sweet, sweet cannon in the whole <laughs> game. Yeah, pretty much. He's a, he's a gun. <laughs> um, anyway, key defenders uh, this week. Uh, look, um, Cleary had... Uh, I've got nine here, but I don't think that's right. It's 91, I think he had. And uh, Mackenzie had 75. So, mm-hmm. what was interesting and, you know, noticing this at the ground. So, Paul's defensive structure looked a little bit different this week. And um, they, we basically always had one man back free intercepting. So, their man would run up the ground, but we'd float one back, which was just a marks fest for these guys. So, they had 19 mm-hmm. marks between the two of them. One of these guys was always in the hole. So, I'm not sure if that's just the way the Crows play or if it's definitely the way Port's defensive <laughs> yeah. structure is setting up. But it's a lot different where... Whereas Port Adelaide would always push up them with their men um, and go with them, and that kind of often created some turnovers and quick quick breaks against them and stuff like that. It looks like they've actually like addressed this by sticking someone behind the ball um, full time, and it's just leading to a mark festival. It wasn't the weekend. Yeah, so. I was going to ask, is that more of a Crows problem than a Port? Not know, sure. Positivity? Yeah, I have to wait and see because um, yeah, but it's definitely looked a lot different to previous defensive structures. That's for sure. It's the kind of stuff you don't see on the TV as much uh, by being to the game. So, that's yeah. a good thing. Now, before yeah. you get onto the Crows. Oh, sorry, just one more thing just with Cleary. He had 17 kicks with no handballs. So I thought that was just a clever little stuff. That's a great ratio. <laughs> yeah, we love that ratio. Uh, has Ken saved his job? Not yet, um, but look, we're looking all right. So if he, if, like, if we make finals, like his contract states, he deserves to keep the job. Um, so we'll have to wait. I think Hef's warming to Ken, guys. Just you know, it's going to get more positive each week, especially if they cast keep winning on the oh, Gold geez, Coast. Those three draft days he took last year, not two years ago, saved his bacon. I think. Anyway, uh, moving on to the Crows. Uh, <laughs> look, I couldn't find anyone good to talk about for him. Anyone that wasn't no like, one, honestly, anyone that wasn't like two G four P, which yeah. is quite a few. There was no one who wasn't two G four P. Um, ben Keyes, he sucks. Um, hey. he, w- he wouldn't get a game at any other club, and I'm confident Absolute of that. Absolute bulldust. <laughs> Chase Jones, just undersized. You know, can't kick over a Jantin. Oh, be rude talking about to him. a bloody 19-year-old boy. Him. Like, they, they stuffed that draft pick up, if you ask me. They did not. Uh, who's the other one? Ben Crocker. Look, he took a mark, kicked the goal. But why they recruit those guys? It makes no sense to me. Uh, 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 just uh, nothing there for mine. Nothing that I really liked. All right, I've got a bit of a take for the Crows now. Okay. <clears throat> Obviously, it's Crouch, Crouch, Sloan are the three big guns in that midfield. They can't. They've got no pace. They're all the same player, basically. Uh-huh. I think Brad Crouch was their best player, and he, you know, had a forty percent disposal efficiency and had ten turnovers or something like that. So they've got to do something in that midfield. Now they're shot. They've basically conceded this week that you know their season's done. They're, they're, they're losing to Gold Coast this week, basically. So what are they going to do? They're going to try things, you know. And I looked at the CBAs from the weekend. Uh, ben Keys attended eight centre bounces. That's great news for Ben Keys owners. And Chase Jones had four. They've got who else is there? Fogarty was rucking. You know, like there's. I think there's a chance that there could be some. You know. It might not be pretty, but there might be some kids or some guys who get to go on the midfield and you can see a little bump from their scores this year. You can attend centre bounces, but you've still got to get your hands on it and I just Agreed. can't see him doing it, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. It's one It's one game, you know? Like, I'm not going to get too carried away about these, you know, my boy Chase Jones just yet, you know? There's still plenty of life left in him. Look, when I saw he couldn't get a kick against the under-21s, uh, I really started to fear for him. But anyway, <sighs> we go. let's move on to Sunday. Ah, uh, yes. So, the day of footy I enjoyed. I watched GWS versus North Melbourne first up. Jeez. I'm going to talk about my favourite North Melbourne player, Cam Zerha. He is just so good to watch. He, yep. uh, he, 
I'm just not sure whether he's going to be a superstar fantasy-wise, but, man, he's going to be a good player to watch for many, many years. He had 68 points. was really impressive leading up the ground early on, especially. Um, kicked three goals for the day. Only had the 11 touches, but very high-impact kind of player. Um, you know, impacts the contest a lot. So, I'm kind of thinking he's a bit more Jordan Degoe-esque, you know, someone who's always going to be a forward, you know, probably that 70 to 85 average, but pretty consistent, uh, can go big on their day. I hope he's more Degoe than Stringer, I would say, but... Uh, Zerha, he is my boy at North Melbourne. I like the look of that uh, mullet and that moustache as well. That does yeah, things for there's me. Some, so. There's some funky shit going on there. Yep. Um, from North Melbourne, Jai Simpkins, another one I like watching. Very, very classy. Just doesn't make many mistakes. Now, um, kind of one we worried about last year, whether he's going to be more quality than quantity, but shown that he can score. So he had uh, 89 points last week, 72 this week. 72 equates to 90 post-corona. So some pretty good numbers there. All he just needs to do is get a couple more tackles and uh, a few more goals, and he's going to be too good for the pod pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm liking the look of Simpkin now uh, this season. So, um, look, I was a bit worried about him last year, just uh, the mm. role he was playing and yeah, yeah. You know, time of ground that sort of stuff. He's, his centre-bouts yeah. and numbers are, are huge this year compared to what they were last yeah, year. Yeah, moving out of kind of just, line a bit yeah, more. They're yeah. just giving him the, the keys to the car. Nice. And another guy who just popped up and did some really nice things is Curtis Taylor. He had 69 points, probably levelled down from the two below, but has plenty of class. Um, slightly built still. If he can put on a bit of weight, he's going to be very, very handy. Moves really well. Uh, had a 75 average in the TAC Cup from a couple of years ago, so can play pretty well. A forward who can kind of develop in probably that link man, maybe a Tom Lynchy style player. Uh, one to watch on the waivers. And I think especially if North Melbourne can keep playing half-decent footy this year, we might see some good scores from guys like Zerha, Simpkin, Taylor, a few of these younger ones to... to um, go along with you know Higgins etc so um, I don't think North Melbourne are going to be as horrible as they have been the last few years, years fantasy wise which is uh, good fun uh, and if he does need some tips on putting on weight uh, I can give him a few so get in touch it's basically just drink long legs of stout isn't it <laughs> pretty much yeah drink as bulk, stout as possible bulk beers <laughs> um, moving on to goal uh, GWS who were very very disappointing um, Isaac coming 38 points it's, you know Started really well. He had seven touches in the first quarter and then only three for the rest of the game. Now, there has been a bit of hype about coming over the preseason late last year with his um, good knee for scoring, but there's really not much evidence of, uh, you know, that blossoming into AFL scores. He hasn't yep. really done much in nine games in four years. Now, GWS are down, so I think that's, um, you know, not great and that the scoring kind of takes a hit there, but I'm worried about these kind of peripheral players, your Cummings. When you look at, um, you know, who's actually in the GWS side, you've got uh, Canelio, Whitfield, Hopper, Kelly, Ward, Green, Taranto when they come back in, you know, like they've all got to get points and game time and good positions, you know, like your Cummings and that, where are they going to play when you, they're genuinely full strength? Even guys like Perryman were down this week and yeah. uh, Caldwell was, you know, a bit hit and miss. You know, it's, it's really interesting to see what their layout is. Yeah, it was. I was actually surprised he held a spot this week, but mm. we'll have to see what happens next week. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah. Uh, Corbo was a guy who came in. He looks very classy. He had fifty four points. Uh, your boy there have fifteen touches, only two in the second half. So uh, was going very well early on, and then like. The rest of his side basically just stopped at half time. But what I liked about him early, especially, was he was just a guy that the score just kept ticking over and you didn't really notice him do a whole lot of stuff. It was very Jack McRae like, you know, when McRae's playing well. I like that comparison. When he's playing well, he's all of a sudden he's on 50 points and you're like, oh, I've only seen him touch the ball like three or four times. He just does the right thing. So I think you'll probably hold his spot. He was probably one of the 
better players, I suppose, from GWS on the weekend, but uh, very much like his class. I'd like to see him and Hantley both have a, a good go this year if they can. Only 47% time on ground for him as well. So you'd mm. think they're just kind of you know easing him in or yep. he wasn't a huge time on ground player though either as um, a junior either. Yeah, they've got the other thing, they've got so many mouths to feed yeah. that are proper midfielders in there and, and genuine A-grade talent. Good it's sign he's getting a game though, I think. Definitely. Because that doesn't usually happen in the, goal, uh, sorry, in the GWS midfield. No, but uh, guys who I am worried about is oh uh, Heath Shaw 21 points should you be worried he played 79% time on ground too two kicks and four handballs surely he's never had more handballs and kicks in his whole entire career there must be something wrong he must have had the temperature he must, must have. have. He must have been ill. There's no way that that's Heath Shaw. No, no. We don't <laughs> want to shut the season down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, only had 62 points in week one. Do we give him the benefit of the doubt, being you know 35 and you know coming off a break? I'm, I'm not sure, but Heath Shaw is one of those guys who, no matter if they're getting smashed or you know whatever, he just takes the kick-ins, does the team things. He's a real leader back there, and you know if he's only getting 21 points against North Melbourne, I don't know if I like that too much. Yeah, I'm a little worried about him. I own him in uh, like I'm a huge fan. I own him in two out of three leagues, and I think in that other league I traded him uh, last year as well. So I've pretty much had him in every league. Mm. Uh, big fan of the guy, generally because of his age, I've been able to get him quite cheap um, for what his scoring output is, and they're the kind of players I chase. Um, so yeah, look, I am worried about him though as well. He didn't look good on the weekend, especially for the time on ground he played. Um, yeah. Wiring signs. Now on to the game of the round. Uh, not only because of the result, because it was actually a pretty damn good game to watch too. Sydney versus Essendon. Uh, I'll start with the Sydney Swans. Ollie Florent, he scored 19. I think he's the real deal. Uh, he was super impressive out there on the weekend. I was a bit worried about Georgie Hewitt coming back in and stealing some of his points, but uh, Florent definitely shone with uh, Luke Parker. Him and, him and Parker seemed to be leading that midfield. Josh uh, Kennedy was a bit slow to start off with and... Uh, James Rowbottom and a few others that haven't had the greatest start to the season but uh, Florent had 27 touches and had 22 kicks so that is a, a ratio I can definitely get around he's really built up now you know kind of last year and definitely the year before he was a bit of a weed out there but uh, he looks AFL ready and I think he can be a, a genuine threat in that Sydney midfield he was slow to start as well which was kind of strange because mm. I thought here we go again another Florent performance but then he you know showed that kind of scoring that it can do basically in a half of football so yeah really impressive stuff just got to hope he doesn't get horsed oh yeah that's no one wants to be horsed that's the worst oh, being Sydney, horsed or being bevoed are the two worst yeah, things in AFL every football every Sydney player gets horsed Jordan Dawson got horsed everyone gets horsed we can talk about him Ryan later. Clark's been horsed oh Ryan Clark could have been anything <laughs> um, speaking of someone who hasn't been horsed yet Louis Taylor uh, he looked really dangerous up forward for the Swans he had 65 points kicked 3 goals and had 12 touches uh, played a lot better than Tom Patley and Sam Gray on the weekend Sam Gray really wasn't near it at all uh, but Surprising. Taylor seems to be enjoying his club quite nicely now as a mid forward I think he could actually be a very handy maybe F5 this year because he looked a lot hungrier than probably some of the other guys rolls up a bit higher um, saying that you know you've got Patley and Gray so they've got enough of that mosquito fleet around the the um, fall of the ball so uh, he was doing some good things a bit up and down the ground and, and kicked some good goals so hopefully we could see a bit of a return to form for Louis Taylor only 25 so still a bit of um, life left in him I suppose in terms of uh, fantasy scoring now, I didn't see the game, but is he still pulling his socks up real high at Sydney? Uh, Taping them to up? To honest, I didn't really take notice. Oh, damn. Maybe. Just the one, I was wondering I if that know. was a Brisbane thing or is yeah. it, it's a Louis Taylor I'll thing. take note next week. No worries. Um, yeah, but 
Sheldon Dawson, James Rowbottom. Are we worried? Have 37 points for Rowbottom, 55 for Dawson. What's uh, going on? I'm I'm worried in terms of their scoring. I'm not worried about job security and stuff like that. It just depends on their role and mm. just need to get Dawson in the midfield. I don't know enough Probably. about Rowbottom. Uh, Rowbottom played a fair... Yeah. His CBAs are quite high or, you know, eight or something like that, which is not too bad for a, a young player. Uh, potentially, they've got it around the wrong way. Maybe Rowbottom maybe should go back to the back line and get a few cheap kicks. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not too worried about their job security. I just thought that we might see a bit more uh, progression from both of them nah. respectively but uh, like I said they've just been horsed they've been horsed um, some, another guy just real low key monitor Colin O'Reardon he had 41 points on the weekend uh, only played 69% time on ground but did have 89% disposal efficiency now he has uh, really good NEFL form and if you kind of go back a couple of years kind of the similar stats as to what Nick Newman was getting when he was at um, at Sydney now not saying he's going to be Nick Newman or anything like that but uh, if you are in need of a, a defender uh, just keep your eye on O'Reardon because he does a quite a few good things right probably just needs to get a bit more time on ground and get his touches up and, and could be quite a handy halfback flanker for Sydney the thing is with him he's had probably three years of good needful form mm. and he did have a decent crack at the senior level last year and didn't really translate yeah, I'm not sold. But I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Monitor because Sydney yeah. aren't necessarily going for a flag this year. They're just kind of surviving. Yeah. So, um, yeah, might put to more time into me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on to Essendon. Cole Langford. He's just uh, resurged from nowhere. 87 points in the weekend. He looks super trim and fit. Last year he kind of looked like he was carrying a bit, but uh, this year he is looking very good. Last year I had huge rats on him and was trying to get everyone to to get him last year, but basically uh, just bombed. But this year he's found his spot quite nicely. He kicked the goal and. And uh, I suppose the only worry for me, uh, late, he was kind of pushed forward when Parrish went on the ball in the last quarter. So maybe that's a bit of a, maybe he was just out of gas. Maybe there was a bit of a plan to kind of keep Parrish um, cold until the end of the end of the game to kind of give them some legs. I'm not sure. But uh, he scored 82 and 87 in winning sides the last two weeks. So um, ticks and boxes there as that centre forward option, very, very handy. Yeah, had a big score round one as well, didn't he? Mm, yeah, yeah, 82. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're fantasy tons normally. Yeah, so, definitely. very, very good. Your boy, Jordan Ridley, 61 yeah. points for the Riddler. He was Mr. Marsh. very, very eye-catching uh, off the halfback flank. You know, we've always had a bit of a, a thing for him and he's proving us right. He used the ball very, very well. Um, basically, uh, kind of ran the back line there. Redmond was a bit off on the weekend, but uh, Ridley stepped up. 73% owned. So there is a sneaky chance he could get him in a, in a few leagues if the, the waiver wire is open. So jump on now because I think he's uh, on the up for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, just another one that I didn't think would quite make it as a defender because when he was scoring well in, you know, NAB Cups and mm. um, you know, VFL and things like that, he was playing in the midfield. But no, it's good to see him make the transition. And lastly for the game, David, David Zaharakis. David Zaharakis. <laughs> 23 points. He is gone, man. And I'm not sure what's on the top of his head. I don't know if it's a piece. I've never seen him with hair. Yeah. Did you see it? No, I didn't see it any of the Sunday. He game. actually had hair on top of his head and it was very, very weird. So yeah. I'm not sure that well, there was a bit of yeah, yeah involved there. But yeah. uh yeah, it's obviously affected him in some way. Um, if, I, if, I, if I was coaching, I'd Maybe probably Maybe the plugs have gone into his brain or something. Potentially. He just was nowhere near it. Ice cold. But uh, if Essendon are keen to kind of get uh, BZT in there next week, Brandon, Zach Thatcher, or potentially if Fantasia's fit or they need to play another forward, etc., um, I'd be getting rid of him because uh, there's a lot more guys with run and dash in that side. You know, side, we can still see more of him. You know, Ridley, these guys off the halfback flank. He's probably not even in the... Best midfield uh, now with Heppel back in there and stuff like that. So I'm 
kind of worried if I was a David Zaharakis owner. I don't know what's kind of left with his career. All right, Kays, we're at 50-minute mark in the podcast and uh, we've still got a game to go, so let's get moving. All right, I'll rip through this St. Kilda Bulldogs (laughs) one. Uh, The one you want to get on board, I think, is Dan Butler. He had 82 points, played a fantastic game, great pressure player, hits the scoreboard. What I love, he's a tackler. Eight and six tackles in his uh, first two games this year. Um, We do love the tackles, easy, easy points. Amazingly, only 17% owned. This is for a guy who kind of got, who left Richmond basically only because he wasn't getting uh, the opportunity there. I think it could be a very, very handy forward option this year going forward. So if you need a forward, I think you could do a lot worse than Dan Butler. Agree. Uh, Benny Patton, my boy, yes, but he had 57 points. Um, 57 points and 16 touches from only 68% time on ground. Now, uh, I was a bit worried about, you know, his role in that side, but uh, at 88% disposal efficiency definitely speaks volumes for him off that halfback flank. Now, amazingly, he's keeping guys like Josh Buttle and Dylan Robertson out the side. So for a guy who can do that, uh, St. Kilda going well, uh, only 11% owned. Uh, one to kind of look at, maybe not jump at straight away, but keep monitoring him because I think he's got a bit of talent, young Patton. Interesting. Move uh, on. Uh, Ryder and Marshall. So frustrating for owners. I think we're going to deep dive into this a bit later in some uh, questions. But uh, if we ever get there, <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> uh, Marshall will always outscore Ryder, but uh, I think you just have to be patient this year while we kind of get this process on and, and, uh, and uh, Ryder retires, basically. Last bit, uh, Bulldogs. Oh. I'm going to say this and we're never talking about him again. Bailey Smith has officially graduated from the pod. That's he a, is now 2G4P. That's a big call. That's early. He scored back-to-back 90s. He's basically yeah. the only... I think he's, I think he's even... Western Bulldogs best scorer this year. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's right up there. He's one of the top forwards as well. But oh, he, that's a big he's, call. when's he going to drop out? He's the best. He's too good. Because no one is not going. No, one, no one's going to have like you know not have Bailey Smith. All right. Well, wait. And so, oh, I reckon the jury's out on that one. Well, I'm going to call it. Okay, you can call it. I'm not calling it yet. I'm calling it. Speaking of guys who are very good for the pod, uh, Lin Jong, 63 points from him. A bit of a cult hero in our home league. Uh, made away. Made his long-awaited return to the game. Look, he was solid enough from only 70%, 73% time on ground, 17 touches, four tackles. It was pretty decent on a dark night for the dogs, to be honest. But uh, as a centre only, wouldn't jump at him just yet. If you can kind of sneak a DPP, you might think about it. But in that dog side where no one has job security, I'd just be a bit wary. Uh, same with the first game at Laith Vandermeer. He had 47 points and probably scored a lot better than I thought he would have fantasy-wise. But uh his numbers as a junior were never massive, um, and obviously his job security isn't high. But uh, keep monitoring him because you never know what happens. There's always a, a dog that kind of breaks out each year, so uh, keep your eye on him. And lastly, Bailey Williams, 57 points, continuing his uh, fairly solid season. Yes, I know it's not a, a world-beating school, but that uh, kind of translates into a 72, which is not a bad D5 option. Uh, had 100% disposal efficiency which has been his knock and uh pushed up the ground a bit kicked the snag probably a bit hard to get too excited about the dogs this year because they are playing pretty putrid football but uh want to monitor if there is if he's on your waiver because um you know we 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 know he can score so that's it hef we're done we're through the round rewind we'll move on to uh some projections nice Taking a look at some of our 
all sections now. These are available to members of the Keeper League podcast. Uh, check the links below the uh, the podcast uh, description here, and uh, you can check the links to the membership options where we give away our projections and lots of other uh, interesting bonus stats and resources and things like that. But uh, enough about that for now. We'll talk about that later. Um, I'm going to name a few captains now. I've got ten written here, but I reckon I'm going to go with uh, five instead. So the first one um, for me is uh, Brody Grundy. He should um, bounce back this weekend. Uh, he averages 119 against St Kilda and uh, 100 points at the G as well. So a bit of a low um, score last week, so don't be too put off by that. Uh, he had 152 the last time these two teams played as well. So um, look out for that. Uh, Max Gorn, I reckon, will go big again. Um, <coughs> sorry. Uh, look, after last week, uh, I think he's hit a bit of form. Coming against Tom Bell Chambers, he should go all right. Average 101 against Essendon as well. Had 123 last week and 107 was what he had the last time he played uh, Essendon. Lockie Neal, next up, uh, if West Coast put up a performance like they did last week, I reckon he'll run right this weekend. Averages 100 against him um, and then had 109 last week as well, so in some form. Uh, Luke Parker is another one for mine. Uh, this guy has just started the season like a house on fire. He's playing great footy. Comes up against North Melbourne this weekend, had 131 against them last time as well. Uh, and last on the list for me is uh, Nat Five playing against Port Adelaide. Playing at Metricon, he averages 119 there. Now, that's probably got a lot to do with playing against the Gold Coast there, but does average 97.8 against uh, Port Adelaide too. Had 102 the last time we played them as well. Um, got a, an adjusted av- uh, sorry, projection of 90 for him this week. Uh, probably will go bigger, but uh, yeah, just a few numbers bringing back there. Before you stop, you have Matthew Rowe in this list. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Yeah, I want to nah. talk about it. Would, well, you, would you roll the dice? Nah, probably wouldn't, but that's why I didn't have him there. He's broken my algorithm basically <laughs> just because of the two games he's played and that score last week with the corona adjustments like there's not a lot of other numbers to bring him down really so he's actually bumped him right up there near the top of the list but I wouldn't back it too much Crows concede a lot of points yeah true look he, I reckon he'll have a big game this week like I reckon he'd probably go close to the uh, he might go close to the 100 mark again but I could just see it going the other way as well so it's just not safe enough not enough data on him to call it I don't reckon fair enough yeah uh, just a few streamers I'm going to go through say so Jamie Cripps for uh, West Coast had 110 last time we played Brisbane averages 91 against them as well and at 97 up at the uh, the Woolen Gabba so uh, <laughs> go from there uh Taylor Walker, look, I think he needs to bounce back after last week. Mm-hmm. Um, averages 98 at Metricon, sorry, 99 at Metricon. Um, averages 91 against the Gold Coast as well. 90 and 91 the last time we played him as well. So I think he needs to bounce back. So just kind of take a look at him this weekend. Don't put your house on him, but there's a chance. Um, Harley Bennell, I reckon, is a good streamer if you can uh, get your hands on him just because he averages uh, 98 at the G. Um, and then Josh Kennedy against uh, Brisbane Lions. So he had a 115 the last time he played them. Average was 77 against them as well. And Jake the Snake Kelly loves playing Gold Coast as well. Uh, he averages 97 at Metricon and 92.3 uh, against the Gold Coast as well. So he doesn't mind playing those guys either. It's amazing. I don't think he'd ever score that high. Nah, considering, uh, what, he have six last week. So well, he, got knocked, he got knocked out. <laughs> That's right. He did yeah. so Actually, he might not even play this week. So um, yeah. Monitor. Yeah, monitor, monitor that one. Uh, so we'll get on to some loopholes as well. So I've got a few vice-captain ones here. I might not go through. 
through more. I might just pick a few that I like. But there's some obvious ones like uh, Basha Hooli. He's uh, in hot form. Yeah, probably Dion Prestia, Trent Cotchin as well. But uh, look, Chad Wingard, he averages uh, 92 against Richmond as well. Had 121 against him last time as well. The Warpedo's already always good for a VC. He was in oh, yeah. hot form early on uh, Friday night, but just yep. dwindled towards the end. I think he only scored like seven points in the second half, which is disappointing. He was on 50 half time. Isaac Smith always around the mark. He averages 92 against Hawthorne as well. So he's a good vice captain streaming. Uh, sorry, loophole option. Uh, some bench players again. He, he might be too good to be on your bench now, but we got Shy Bolton in there again. Um, definitely because he's playing on the Thursday. You might be able to. Sorry, the Friday. No, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, you might be able to get. Uh, you might be able to get uh, bench. Get away with a bench loophole there if you're playing that lockout. So you might want to just have a bit of security. But he's definitely a good one to uh, bring on this week. Um, yeah, moving on, we'll go David Asprey as well. Just on the back of last week's form, he's probably a good one to have up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caddy and uh, Gunston too. Gunston in particular. He averages uh, 78 against Hawthorne and uh, 81 at the G as well. So another good one to probably have on your bench just in case they do pop off. And, uh, yeah, you might get a decent uh, loophole to bring on. Hmm. All right, before we get into the uh, listener questions, we'll talk about the membership. So we've got uh, the Waver Wire podcast that will come out uh, on Monday night. Well, yeah, after you've listened to this, so we're going to record it after this. It's currently Monday, but uh, that'll come out uh, on Monday night. So if you want in on those, we'll talk about some guys that you should be looking at on your Waver Wire. Uh, we've got the breakout track, which I updated on Monday as well. Um, so that's been updated. You can actually, because you know, Raul has two scores now, you can actually draw a line between them on the graph. So um, yeah, he's looking pretty nice. So check out some of the uh, new draftees and how they... Um, are tracking in comparison to some of the best in the composition. Mm-hmm. I'm going to update that every week as well. So it's a big job, but that's what I do for the members. Um, and then uh, we got our projections out as well, and they usually come out around Monday as well when I update the sheet. So, um, yeah, each week we read out some uh, gold members' names, and we've, we're pushing 100 now, Kay. So wow. we're doing a good job there. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to all those people that have signed up. So, uh, look, I'll read out the names this week. Uh, thanks to Curtis Hill, Parker Reeve, uh, Daniel Santillo, uh, Jim Bob Holder, and uh, Jack Bidwell. So thanks to those people uh, for signing up. If you're keen on joining, uh, check out the links in the description and sign up. And now is the, usually the time we read some podcast reviews, guys. But two weeks in a row, we've been let down. That's we right. Haven't we're had back. Any. Footy's back. People are excited. <laughs> They're listening to us now. We've got more questions than ever. People yeah. are going to write a review. I hopefully, can feel it. I hopefully, can feel people it jump waters. on. Hopefully, people jump on now and leave us a review. Please leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, help us bump up the charts. All right. Let's move on to the listener questions. Moving into the listener questions, uh, we've got one from Russ2468. There is not usually a podcast that goes past without Russ tweeting in and asking us a question, which is really good for us because it gives us something decent <laughs> to talk about each week. So Always good questions too. Bloody oath. Uh, so Russ asks, uh, when Ellis and Swallow come back into the Gold Coast side, there will be a lot of mouths to feed in their midfield. Whose uh, scoring suffers? So he's from a, this is from an anxious Fiorini, Greenwood and Weller owner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, three mouths that need feeding there. I think um, Hugh Greenwood will go more forward. I think he's uh, very damaging as that kind of half-forward player, can take a great grab, kicks a very nice goal too. So I think he's one that would naturally move forward. 
out of that one, I think, you know, someone like Nick Holman would probably find it tough to retain his spot unless they want that pressure forward. But, you know, probably some of those other guys could play that. But then maybe some more pressure falls on P.S. Hanley and uh, Jared Harbrow back there who are, you know, aging, um, you know, not necessarily setting the world on fire, doing doing a fine job. But, you know, Weller could go back down there. Ellis could go back down there. I think someone like Swallow just comes in the midfield. Um, Weller can push back, Greenwood up forward, and Fiorini, uh, surprisingly, hardly attended many centre bounces on the weekend. I think only six. So That's becoming a bit of a trend from the back yeah, of the last season so, as well. Um, so, his scoring's still not too bad, especially with the, the corona stuff, but... Uh, uh, Probably out of that, um, if Greenwood goes forward and he gets enough supply, he can still kick goals. Weller off the halfback flank, proven scorer. Fiorini's going okay with not playing much midfield time. So uh, I think there's still probably enough to balance around. It's, it's really hard to really hard to tell, especially because you know Anderson and Rowler, you know, in there too, getting some points. So very interesting. All right, uh, what's the next question, Case? Uh, Harley Philp, uh, after Butter's huge game on this week uh, weekend gone. What do we think about adding him and do you think he consistently average? What do you think he can consistently average? Sorry. Uh, look, yeah, it's probably worth adding if he's on your waiver wire, especially in Keeper League, so you can look to him in the future. What do I think he consistently average? Uh, this season, I would probably back on the kind of high 60s with the corona time on ground, which equates, you know, to high 70s type thing, playing that midfield role, kicking a few goals here and there and the tackles that he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward, I could see him probably at best – Oh, yeah, I could see him getting to the 80 average mark, I reckon, as a, as a forward. Um, I don't know how much midfield time he's going to be getting, but he'll be up there, I think. Uh, he'll be a decent forward going forward, I think. Yeah. Uh, Bob Sacamano Jr. asks, uh, if you could add a stat to the current setup, uh, what would you choose? Um, he reckons goal assists for three points would be sweet. What do you reckon? I uh, don't mind that, but I think if there's anything you could bring in, it would be something which should be stats that kind of bring key forwards and defenders into the game a bit more because they're just a nothing component of uh, most fantasy. Well, you, so can, you can kind of add them in, in Ultimate Footy. You can, like as well. but yeah. most people wouldn't. But, yeah. you know, I would be more than happy if a spoil or something is worth one or two points just to make, you know, someone who's a key defender a bit more relevant even as a key forward and probably for a a goal kicking midfielder I think it'd be nice if even a goal was worth nine points or something like that I think they should bring in points for high fives um, or Corona elbows, I reckon. So just whoever gives is the most positive out there gives off a few high fives. Should just and get a point eight here points and there. for bow and arrows. Yeah, look, why not? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely eight points of bow and arrows. Yeah, and any other kind of crazy se- um, celebration. I reckon the wilder you get, there should be a multiplier. That's you know, like on like there. NHL games where you get like different, you know, like you're shooting bow and arrows, you're swinging yeah. arms, you know, like just. Yeah. yeah, five points if you really embarrass Just yourself. Just nooting up and running around the ground, like 100 <laughs> points. That's 10 in, points. Instant yeah. tongue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, uh, I'll read uh, this one out. Yes, uh, at Kang Daddy, uh, in a draft league, how good is Blakey from Sydney going to be and is it worth paying uh, slight overs to get him now? Well, as the president of the Key Ford fan club, yes, of course, he's going to be a gun. Um, I don't like agreeing with Wayne Carey, but he was saying on the weekend would you the pay kid's going to be him? a star. Yes, I probably would. Okay, cool, because I've got him. So we'll talk. Let's talk offline. <laughs> but he's got a great tank. Um, I know I talk a lot of shit on here about key forwards, but I think he can really be that Rewalt Richo type. And I know that you even like him, which is uh, strange for a key forward. I like him because he doesn't play the typical kind of sit in the goal square, big yeah, body he's type rangy. Guy. He's yeah. he got he's, he's got in, a tank. He's he gets a Nick Rewalt type. He's yeah, yeah. you kind of Richo, more kind of like Pav as well, just the big tank as well. Can get up the ground, and but he doesn't play as like the lead up forward as much. He kind of plays like the high half forward role, mm-hmm. um, like one of our league mates described it as the Stevie J role. Um, he reckons it's quite similar it's to unique. that. And he's I think very the unique. skill set he's got, he could be a bit of a gun, yeah, mm. for sure. 
Uh, question from Fantasy Factory Live. Rowan Marshall is my bench ruck in a 16-team league. I'm thinking to keep as – thinking of keeping him as he's still a fair bit younger than Gorn, but should he look, look to capitalise now? Uh, yeah, look, who are we talking about here? I've missed that. Rowan Marshall. Of course. Sorry, I was trying to find my notes here. Um, yes, look, uh, I think he could um, get a DPP going forward if uh, Ryder stays in now. It was kind of weird because he seemed to be in, in defence a lot, like starting defence, but he could go forward as well, especially if that swap with Ryder continues. Um, but look, if you've got Gorn um, and you're in the window, he's obviously going to be worth something, so there's probably not much point keeping as a Ruckman, unless you think he's going to be a half-decent forward. Um, yeah, look, unless you need the forward. I don't know. Trade him trade him if you're in the window, I reckon, to try to get something back that you can actually use. Yes, because flags are hard to come by. Definitely. I know. Next question. Uh, James Callway. Uh, time to cut Brody Smith. Uh, I know it's neither up or down uh, monetary-wise, but how seems to be like an obvious in. This sounds like a salary mm, cap. Yeah, question not case. really a wheelhouse with the salary cap stuff, but uh, I think Jeremy Howe's playing some fantastic footy and in all-Australian form. Brody Smith's struggling. Uh, the Crows are a tough case to mount uh, for at the moment in terms of picking some of their players. If you'd feel that if Brody Smith is going to go big, it would have been probably on the weekend when he should have been in the midfield and getting some points there. Uh, I'll, I'll put it right now. I'm doing this trade. I'm going to do this trade this week. So I'm putting it in there. And okay. I had a half reasonable score on the weekend with mm-hmm. uh, 1634, I think, with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, McRae as captain who was putrid. So yes. if I didn't have a half-decent captain, I would have absolutely killed it this week. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think I think Howe is a logical choice to have a Smith at, at this stage for Absolutely. sure. And I'm doing that trade. So, yep, let's uh, all do it together. Levi Coombe, if he had Rowan Marshall, what would you do with him? His other ruckman is Lysette. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so Paddy Ryder's the issue here. Yes, so yes. Ryder doesn't have that much longer left. But, uh, look, I'd play Lysette until Marshall was back to being the sole ruck. But, again, there's that DPP possibility too. And like I said before, if you can get a good trade for him and you're in the window, consider it. As we know in our league, Hef, a good ruckman is hard to get. And Absolutely. people, you know, stashed... Holding two good ruckmen, if you have them, means someone else doesn't have them. Yeah, true. But so, there's also like players like Marshall come and go a lot. You know, a ruckman mm-hmm. like Nank the other year yeah, like, looked like he's going to be the next big thing. They're just the yep. most um, – and even like look back in the day, like someone like Matthew Loby had a re- one really good season mm-hmm. where he was looking right up and about and then just petered away to nothing. Happens all the time. So, yeah, on the other hand, you are right. Good rucks are hard to come by, but at the same time, they do kind of drop off quickly as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, is Bailey Smith the Messiah or is he just a very naughty boy? <laughs> uh, his v- mullet is very, very naughty, Hef. But, uh, he's, a, he's a straight edge kid and he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do anything. He's, he's got a sweet mullet. Yeah, yeah he looks like he's look like rough as guts. He looks like he's from Footscray. Yeah, 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 but I think he's pretty uh, pretty clean cut, I reckon. Huh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, look, as long as he doesn't get bevoed, I think he'll be the Messiah. I've called him too good for the pot, so... Uh, I think he's going to be a jet. He's already miles above anyone else, I think, in terms of, you know, that kind of a player. He's uh, he's exciting. He scores well, takes the game on his own. You know, him and Sam Walsh are guns. Who's the uh, who's the Bulldogs player that crashed his car? Drink driving? Lucky Hunter. Lucky Hunter, that's right. I think he was Bailey Smith, the one he called, because he knew he'd be sober, Desi Driver. So he'd come pick him up. Jeez, so. he's a good Samaritan too. Bloody great bloke. He's not that naughty. Bailey. But he is the Messiah. <laughs> 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 All right, at DJ for Brooks, uh, is Hardwick worth persevering with, or should I throw him up for trade bait? I've got Stasovic, Lukosius, and Coffield in the wings, um, and anticipating Archie and maybe Harms to get DPP defender. Look, I'm surprised the Hawks played Hardwick at all uh, last week. You know, he was supposed to be out for, you know, 10 weeks, which I suppose he had. ended up coming back. <laughs> but, you know, for him to come back in with zero, you know, maybe a couple um, physical sessions and, and no real game time, 
I wouldn't expect anything big from him for another month or so. Like, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm surprised they rushed him back in. But if you can hold him, short term, I'd be looking at playing. Stasevich has been playing really well. And, uh, you know, Lukosius, uh, especially against the Crows this week, who just seemed to like to kick it to no one. Uh, those guys should be going all right. So if you can hold him, I would. I don't think there's any, you're not going to gain anything from trading him because I don't know if people will give you much for him where he's at at the moment unless it's all on name. So, um, you know, Harms, I don't know if he would get DPP or neither Archie, but uh, I think if you can, you've got Stasevich and Lukosius, you can just hold Hardwick and, and ride out this little uh, downtime with him, I think. All right, next question. Uh, at AJS Hawker, what to do with Witho? Sell low, hold, what do we do? Uh, look, I'd hold because you just won't get his full value at the moment. And look, he could work his way back in eventually and we know he's a decent fantasy scorer. I don't think he's um, in Fagan's... Um, Good books, I don't think. It does not really factor in as much as well. So, right. um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see with that one. But it could end up him being traded as well. So, I'd mm-hmm. love to see him at another club where they actually play him and play him in the you know role he's kind of born to play as well, mm-hmm. um, just that loose halfback role, yeah. um, getting touches. So, I'd hold because, yeah, just you're not going to get the full value at the moment anyway. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Uh, at Wezzo 2001, uh, hey, guys, any advice for Newman owners? Just... Just be kind to yourself. Like, <laughs> hug your family. Don't take it too seriously. It's only a game. Uh, look, it's a tough call to make. Um, it's really hard to have, know if you have to judge your season, you know, in round two or not. Um, and it really depends on how deep your defender, uh, sorry, your defender stash runs in your side. If you can hold him, do it. But uh, if you can't hold him, I think he's tradable. Like, you're probably not going to kick yourself if you don't have him anymore. Someone will probably give you an okay player for if they're not in the window this year and want to go for next year. I think he's pro- you can trade him and not probably regret it too much, I don't think. All right, next one's from Peter Kendall. Um, I've had it with McRae, thinking of dropping him for Paddy Dow's punishment this week. Thoughts? That's ice cold. Paddy Dow's not even a BFL footballer. But yeah. uh, look, McRae, he's just getting bevered at the moment. This is what happened with Dunkley last Bevered. year. Don't trade him because you're going to regret it for every day of your whole entire life like I did with yeah, Josh Dunkley. So, Do you know that from experience, Case? I may have had experience with this. Uh, he hardly attended a centre bounce. They're dicking around with him. Someone was saying it might be because Hunter's out and they want someone on the wing that can run. Obviously, McRae's a great runner. I think it's going to get to the point where Bulldogs have to play their best side and Bevo can't be a dick and, you know, experiment. So, McRae will be back to his best in no time at all. Keep the faith. Don't do anything silly and don't play Paddy Dow. All right, unless you're Doss, because Doss loves Paddy Dow. So, anyway. Uh, Justin Pearson, uh, is it time to pluck Big Mac and Ernie from the waiver wire? Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be time for Brisbane to pass the baton on. Right age, 25 years old, plus the DPP. Kays, what's the call? Yeah, we touched on it earlier. Ruck forward, DPP, nothing to lose, and only 40% owned. He's a he's a got to get if you need some ruck. Hashtag G-O-B. Yes. Get on board. Yes. Uh, Nicholas James, uh, should Darcy McPherson owners like myself be a little worried? Uh, as a fellow DMAC owner, yes, you should. Um, Matty Rowell, uh, Noah Anderson have stolen a bit of midfield time there. Uh, everyone's kind of fit and firing in there and Ellis has got to come back in there. He's probably relegated to that, you know, proper small forward role. You just got to hope he starts kicking some goals, but... It's, it's a tough one because now, you know, people have probably gone pretty cold on him um, as a trade target. So, uh, if you can trade him and get something half decent, I'd think about it. But if not, you know, a, a, a no case going forward is, is still okay. All right. So, what's the Ooh, next question? This is a big one. Uh, Dave Simpson, a gold member of our group. So it's actually posted in the gold members group. Yeah. So. Thanks, Dave. Uh, is it worth persisting with Ollie Wines or using him as trade bait? I know he was suspended for a week 
but uh, from all reports, he wasn't going to play anyway. Seems like he's in the outer at Port and has one foot in the Blues midfield. Hef as our Port correspondent and Theo Geropoulos fan. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, look, I would, I'm not sure where I stand because I, I, I don't think he's going to be a great fantasy scorer going forward. I think he's kind of peaked and what he is is what you're going to get, I think. The problem is you're not going to get full value for him right now, I don't mm. think, especially after coming off the injury, the suspension, all that sort of stuff. Um, you're not going to get full value but if when it comes back and if he does put a few good performances together perhaps, then I'd start thinking about offering him up because if you look at him, his scores are kind of going backwards. He's not hitting those 100 marks anymore. It's more around the 90s. Uh, couple that with all the injury problems he's had the last two seasons with those shoulders. They seem pretty cooked as well and people still rate him a lot higher than what he actually produces as well. I think this is one of those things that you watch him play. Yeah, he's Ollie Wines. He must be right. He's an ex-captain, I guess. Um, should be going okay. But he never produces the fantasy scores because he's very inside, lots of handballs, doesn't have a great leg on him as well, so he doesn't tend to use it as much. He extracts a lot more. Um, I personally traded him for Scotty Lysett in the uh, preseason because I need a ruck, and I'm pretty happy with that decision um, mm. after the weekend. So, um, yeah, look, I'd offer him up if he gets his value back up. If not, just hold for a bit and see what happens. Next one was uh, Jordan Grigurki. Uh, the art of getting a trade. My league's not very talkative or offer many trades. And when a trade, <coughs> sorry, um, offer happens, uh, it's Bailey Smith for memory or seedsman. That sounds familiar. Uh, any suggestion on the art of getting some of the deals happening? Uh, great question. Um, look, I think it's probably tough at the moment because people have been sitting on their sides for so long, three months, and they kind of want to see the fruits of their draft. You know, like we've only really had two weeks to see if we drafted well or not. Maybe another week or two and you'll get a few more rage trades and, and they'll be flying around. But from our experience, you know, your group chat is the key, whether it's an email thread or WhatsApp or whatever. Um, from me, who loves trading, when I want stuff to happen, I kind of just throw out some names in the in the thread and uh, whether you can trade them or not is kind of irrelevant yeah. and just see what happens of it. Because, you know, someone needs to be bold for trades to happen. Someone almost needs to be the, the scapegoat and maybe get screwed over or, you know, just put out a few crap players and a couple crap players might get, you know, the, the trade juices flowing. So, yep. um, I think if you're keen to trade, Jordan, just, uh, just throw some things out there and see if anyone bites. Yep. These five players are on the table. Send me your best offer. See, yep. how we, see what happens. Yeah. Get yep. that sort of stuff happening. Um, otherwise, just start trading your crap players for just anything. Yeah. Because that's just happening. fun. Yeah, yeah. Just get something happening. And uh, last question from at AFL Fantasy Cues. Based on last season and early this season, what teams are giving up points to forwards? Hashtag streaming options. All right. So, if you're including 2019 numbers, uh, Gold Coast uh, giving up the most at 71.5. Uh, Carlton are giving up the second most to forwards, which is 67.9 points per game. And Melbourne were giving up 65.9 uh, last year and then the first two rounds of this season. But looking at this season, Adelaide, uh, the Crows are giving up the most uh, points to forwards, um, 65.7 points per game uh, per forward. Uh, Western Bulldogs are... Uh, giving up 60.5 and Carlton are giving up 59.12 forwards this season just from the first two rounds. So mm. use those numbers to uh, form your decision for this weekend. That's a wrap, guys. That's a huge pod. That was a marathon. I think we're at 76 minutes, so I'm not sure what the edit will bring it to, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a marathon. It's good. As you expect from round two, though, we've hey. put everything into this one. so We're excited. Yeah, hopefully we're, we've given you some uh, handy information, but uh, thanks for sticking through. For sure. All right, uh, check out our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Keeper League Pod on all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, check out the membership options in the descriptions below. Uh, links to the socials are in the links below as mm-hmm. well, so check those out. Need to get a bit of an Instagram following, Kays. We're putting some videos up on there but we've only got a couple hundred on there so if you're, if you're still listening maybe give us a follow it's on probably because we're not very Instagram 
you know, looking, good looking. Have you seen all these cameras? Yeah, there's lots of cameras, but it doesn't mean that we're good looking, Have <laughs> I will make it good looking. I'll do some photoshopping. It's fine. Yes, sweet. All right. Uh, well, that's uh, that's it. We'll be back next week for a round three wrap up. Have a great week and uh, make sure you trade in Jack Bowes. Yeah, okay. Good. Cool. See you later. Bye. <laughs>